0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to Your Podcast Opinion is Wrong. This is your host, Austin, speaking to you right now. And with us on this 17th episode of Your Podcast Opinion is Wrong is our good friend Alexander.
1: Hello, hello.
0: Our okay friend, Nick. Oh, okay. Okay. and, And our mortal enemy, Steve.
2: And a happy fuck you all as well.
0: <laughs> uh, it's that time of year. Anyway, uh, this is 17, and uh, yeah, I think that's probably like the legal drinking age in Britain or something. Anyway, I, I've, I have nothing further interesting to say, so we should probably move on to what are you listening to. This is, once again, Austin, this time coming to you from the segment, What Are You Listening To?, the segment where we talk about what we are listening to, usually music. Anyway, who would like to go first? This episode.
2: Great. I'm stepping up? Great. <laughs>
0: I'm
2: stepping up? It's wait a, wait a, pod- no, wait a podcast, boys. Okay, um, Jesus Christ. I, I got to bring up my last FM, because... I can't remember things. Yeah.
3: Anyway, um, what I'm listening to, New Square Pusher.
0: Is it leaked? A whole yeah, album? It is
3: leaked. Yes, a whole album. Why did I not hear about it? Lord. I posted it in the freaking leaks thing. Okay. Um, thread. I'm um, <laughs> getting angry at you. Um, yeah. And on the complete opposite of the spectrum, this is going to come to a surprise to everyone. Creedence Clearwater
0: Revival. Did they leak an album or something? <laughs> no,
3: no. I've, 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 I've been listening to the old, the old stuff. I've actually been. it's i I've been digging
0: it. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. Some, some That's CGI. not IDM. No, I know. <laughs> okay, we we should probably take this one at a time. Talk about the Square Pusher. You you are a, a noted Square Pusher fan. Super uh, one might even say.
3: Yeah, yeah. Um and the previous album, um Shobelita uh what is it? Sh one Demonstrator the Demonstrator, whatever. The
0: Demonstrator. It's like
3: um, it four knees in there. Yeah. It wasn't that great. Even I, I had to admit. And I kinda liked it at first, but it kind of I think that was probably just oh my god, no square Usher, and then I was slowly revealed that underneath the hype and everything it was just not good at all, really. And the new one's kind of it's more back to the old school well it's not really old school because it's kind of almost like Acid Techno with um, dubstep influences which is strange, and it's very minimal as well, so, mm. um, but it's, it's at least, at the very least, it's good. At the very mm. least, it's good. Wonderful. Yeah. I can see it growing on me, but
0: yeah. Nice. Um, now, Credence Clearwater Revival, just just yep. where did this come from, Nicholas?
3: Um, somebody actually, um, was talking about him, and, um, I was like, well, I like the songs that I've heard from them, so why not check out a full record? And I did, and it wasn't bad. Um, it was Cosmos Factory, the um, 1971, which everyone says is their best.
0: And it is, yes.
3: Yeah, it's yeah. pretty. It's pretty consistent all the way through.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I'm liking it a lot. Anyway, um, on to the next person who,
0: so on and so forth. Who's up? Alex, you're going. I don't care. Do it All right. Right now. Uh, Taking charge I, of this mofo. I have yeah.
1: been listening Hosting. to the new uh, Tiger Cats album, Religiously. And has anybody heard it? This is seriously my second favorite album of the year so far.
0: The sound of that is the sound of me Googling that. Um, tiger Cats. Is it the one with the, the poorly drawn Tiger Cat on the front? I'm assuming it is. <laughs> it's not poorly drawn. The
2: Oh, no. it says it it's, says
0: indie pop at the bottom. This is definitely the record you're talking about. Okay. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. That, that that's the twee one, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, it says it's at the top. It's so cute. It says, um, was it Fika Recordings, a DIY indie pop cassette label, which are like five words that like most describe Alexander, like just his soul. It's just DIY <laughs> indie pop cassette label.
1: Yeah. And I, I mentioned this last time. It comes with a recipe to make cupcakes and tea to drink with the album.
2: Yay! Okay. I don't have, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't have the, uh, the ingredients, but I'm planning to do it this weekend.
0: Oh, you should make a little film set. <laughs> we talked about this. You should make a film segment for yeah, that.
1: I'm definitely going to.
0: Oh, and nice.
1: Yeah, it's a fantastic record if you want. It's sort of like the opposite of chromatics, basically, Steve. <laughs> Um, <laughs> where that album it's so lifeless and dead and just just pandering to the generic uh, synth pop. It's basically uh, Tiger Cats is like that, the opposite of that, but with indie pop. So it's full of vitality and the songwriting is fantastic and the musicianship is incredible. Lots of interplay, and I just can't stop listening to it.
0: Do you know what you should call your cooking show? What? Alexander's Homosex Half Hour. I'm never, stop. I'm never gonna stop i'm gonna keep doing it i'm never gonna stop i'm kidding anyway
1: you guys should listen to it it's seriously fantastic
0: i will hey you know what i did listen to that i liked <laughs> was that album uh literature or it maybe it was the band literature i think that yeah, was you right yeah yeah i enjoyed that quite a bit and um i recommend that to everybody it was called arab springs or something
1: yeah, that's right. I featured it in my uh, the best and free seg- uh, feature that I do for the blog.
0: Right. That uh, that was that was an enjoyable thing that everybody should listen to. Uh, this is just me uh, frantically backpedaling, trying to not uh, just completely demean Alex's tastes. That is that, that is good indie pop, sirs. <laughs> it is too. Uh-huh.
1: And um, the other record that I've been listening to, it's been going along with me reading. Uh, Our band could be your life. I'm about halfway through it now. And I revisited uh, Let It Be by The Replacements, and I love that record.
0: I'm going to drop a a controversial opinion on you fellas, but the uh, ratio of good songs to kind of dumb songs on that album is not high enough to my liking. Mm -hmm. Hmm.
1: Okay, well the subject matter might be kind of dumb on a lot of the songs, I will agree. Do you, do you believe that the songwriting is still there? I do. I do, too. And, like, it's incredibly varied. Um, like, the song Androgynous, which is just a piano ballad with uh, Westerberg and a detuned guitar, is absolutely beautiful.
0: That's and actually lo- maybe my favorite replacement song.
1: It's probably mine, too.
0: Yeah, and great tune.
1: There's a lot of rockers, too. The, the only... I would give it a ten, but there's only there's a Kiss cover, and I absolutely hate Kiss.
0: That that was sort of that goes into that other bit of the ratio.
1: Yeah, so that prevents it from being a ten. But besides that, it's a permanent.
0: Pitchfork doesn't agree with you though. If I'm not mistaken, it did it, like a reissue of this. They gave a ten. I
1: I couldn't possibly give anything a ten that is in any way associated with Kiss. I hate them. <laughs> It's just so garish
0: and ugh. Yeah, whatever. Enjoy your cupcakes. Kiss kick ass. (laughs) Kiss
1: (laughs) Armin! Enjoy your fucking cupcakes. Do you like them, Austin?
0: I used to (laughs) as a kid. I had a a jacket patch and everything. So cute. Uh -uh. Oh, nice. (laughs) Horrible. Um, Anyway, yeah. Uh, What I loved about uh, the replacements... Uh, and especially this album, well, I don't know, but but just like they were a hardcore band, and then like they like started listening to power pop, and then they're like a power pop hardcore band, which is like that was a cool thing that happened. Like there were like power pop punk rock bands, which I've talked endlessly about, like the Real Kids and stuff like that, and the Scruffs. But like this is actually like a hardcore power pop band, which I loved, and it was it was it was seriously like it was like Black Flag, and then like Big Star. And then they, I think they were noted big star fans. And they also played with Hoosker Doo, and I think they have a song about them.
1: Yeah. But that's uh, why
0: I like The Replacements so much.
1: It has something for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, so.
0: Oh, Al- Alex Chilton produced their second album, so there's that, which is awesome. Oh, really? Yup. Oh.
1: I did not know that.
0: Yeah. Uh, Alex Chilton, he produced a lot of really cool stuff. A lot of people didn't know, it, but he produced the first Cramps album, which uh, I've I've been a fan of for for a long time. And uh, yeah, he's a uh, he he's he was a cool dude and very much ahead of his time. In addition to make to in addition to making really awesome music, he's always been a, a personal hero. Are any of you uh, Big Star fans?
1: From what I've heard, I've liked, but I have not listened to a full length.
0: Oh, they got three yeah, albums. No. They got three albums that are just fan-damn-tastic. I recommend them I to everybody. I don't think I've listened to any of them. Yeah, no. Actually,
2: I actually need to listen to more replacements. I think I've heard "Let It Be" once. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I mean, uh, and give their other albums a chance too, because, uh, in my opinion, some of those outshine "Let It Be." But uh, I guess it's per- usually considered their masterpiece.
1: What in particular? The earlier stuff? or Because like, I like Tim a lot, too. Tim.
0: Tim usually is the one. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, I like... Uh, uh, was it Pleased to Meet Me or whatever?
1: Uh, that was their uh, major label debut. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. I like it, too.
0: That Paul Westerberg, he's a talented songwriter, that man. I remember... Uh, I think we, I have a still CD kicking around somewhere, but I had um, fourteen songs or whatever. It was his one of his solo albums, which I enjoyed. It was a little more sort of like has that sort of new wave, you know, poppy sheen to it. But I I liked it as a, as a youngin.
1: Yeah, like basically any indie rock singer songwriter who is good at a turn of phrase, I will like.
0: Yeah. So who's next? Uh, anything else? Um, uh, uh That's it. Cool. Steve?
2: All right. Um, Well, one thing I'd like to mention is uh, I've been going through some of the uh, Record Store Day purchases I got last week, actually listening to them or listening to the files I got from them. Um, And one of the things I picked up was the uh, Cleaners from Venus reissue called Midnight Cleaners, which... uh, I had not heard before i i knew of the band uh but i, I had not heard that uh, particular record mostly mostly because it was only released uh on a cassette that the band like mailed out themselves back in the early 80s so it was kind of a kind of a hard album to come across uh until this most recent pressing um and it's really really good it's uh basically like uh lo-fi do-it-yourself pop slash synth pop before that was a thing um because uh yeah basically this was i think like 1982 and it was just a two or three guys uh recording lists in an abandoned kitchen that that they used the in between like working their regular day jobs as like well cleaners and gardeners and and shit like that and uh in the good old UK. Cool. There's a really good uh there's a really good interview in The Quietest, uh, with the with the lead guy, Martin Newell, that I highly recommend reading. Because uh, it's a really fascinating look into uh how the band sort of came about and um kinda how how they, like made and distributed this music. Because they were uh very much anti any kind of label. They just kinda did all this themselves. Uh which is which is kinda admirable, I think.
1: And if you want to visually see that uh, album and visually see Steve, you can go to your personal opinion is wrong and you can watch our first video feature.
2: Mm -hmm. Yes, you, you you can do that. It's got a, it's got a very nice cover. Actually, it's a, it's a nice red and it's got the uh, original cassette art sort of framed in the middle, but it's colored. It's got like new watercolors. So,
0: so that's interesting.
2: Nice. Uh,
0: Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Uh, oh uh What is your uh, question?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, uh teacher. Uh, my. Uh, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so early '80s synth pop. I guess it was like '83 was when it came out. Correct.
2: Uh, I think this tape in particular was '82. I think the band sort of formed like
0: 1980 around okay. there. They had two records before this or cassettes. Right. Um, does it sound at all like Young Marble Giants? Because that's what every every like all sort of minimal synth stuff from the early '80s seems to sound like. Would you Would you compare it to them at all?
2: I uh, I haven't heard enough of the uh, of the Giants of Marble uh, to to answer that question. And it's not really what I call minimal synth pop. Uh, I I call it more uh, more kind of j- jangle pop kind of a, a throwback to uh kind of like the sunshine pop of the 60s um i mean martin newell himself uh part of this interview uh what he said was he didn't really listen to a lot of uh contemporary music at that time he'd like just listen to songs that are on the radio and say occasionally oh oh, that's nice um but now he, he was more so into uh, into the older bands uh of course, the Beatles are the the one that he uh, cites uh, as probably his biggest influence, I believe. But um, yeah, I don't I don't know about the uh, the marbled
0: giants. Uh, fair enough. Um, I've I, I, you know, I've I've seen them on a couple lists on Rate right Your Music, and I've heard uh, good things about them, so I'll probably be checking them out. I love like. Independent pop like like punk rock was something that was happening a lot in the early eighties. Like you know, every you know, throw a throw a rock and you'll hit a, a independent, you know, punk rock band who's Friday against like really court cool. labels and everything. But independent pop is something that was like didn't happen until the mid eighties really when you know the Smiths got huge and stuff like that. But I lo- I love hunting out like weird sort of early synth pop and stuff like that that wasn't on major labels. Because it's hard to find a lot more than, you know, some weird punk or noise band.
2: Yeah, and that's exactly, uh, you know, what this is. Uh, I mean, this was a tape that was impossible to find until last week, uh, essentially. It's like, I think there might have been a couple tracks on the compilation. Um, But, yeah, and I, like I said, I really admire The Spanic kind of for the same reason, because they were, you know, doing that, you know, uh, DIY underground thing themselves, but also they weren't really, you know, part of the... uh, the punk movement, which was sort of the, you know, ubiquitous part uh, of, of that uh, mindset of the day. And they were, you know, kind of even counter that. And then they managed to put out some really, uh, really fucking catchy music. Um, and, and MGMT actually covered one of the songs off this album,
0: which I, which I just discovered. I want to talk about MGMT. Well, not at length, but like, they're one of those bands that it's hard for me to place them in any sort of cultural radar because <laughs> they have such a wide fan base. And by wide, I mean there are people like us, and then there are like you know the the unibrowed mouth-breathing frat boys who somehow listen to MGMT. I, I, don't, well, I don't know how sure. it happened. Did they have like a big hit or something like Modest Mouse? Yeah. Well, well, yeah first, no, off, off oh, yeah.
2: Off their first album hit. there, you, you had, uh, what is the name of it? Uh, kids. kids.
3: I oh, and electric yeah. field. Electric field was huge here. Everyone. Was yeah,
2: excited. yeah,
0: electric field, and kids. Yeah. Was it? Would you compare it to, like, say, oh, I don't know, a pumped up kicks, for example?
1: It's much better. To yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I I enjoyed
0: pumped up kicks. To be honest, I enjoyed it. Uh. Oh. Well. So. All right. Nick just lost the right to speak. So we all have to just pitch in more. To uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> keep this podcast flowing. I, I'm kidding, uh, of course.
1: I actually like the second uh, MGMT album. That's yeah, me too.
0: What, what yeah. was it like the what was it called?
1: Congratulations! Congratulations!
0: Congratulations. Yeah. Right, I think I gave it a listen when it came out. It was like last year or the year before, was it not?
2: Uh, uh,
0: 10. I think it was 2009. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, they're but, cool. Uh, like they're, they're like neo-psych, aren't they? Sort of like they have some yeah. psychedelic bits in them. Yeah.
1: The uh, first yeah. album was. The first album was kind of like poppy with psychedelic elements, but the second album, it went uh, sort of straight to the past of like the classic 60s kind of psych, and
2: Mm -hmm.
3: I
1: enjoyed that a lot.
3: (laughs) It sounds like um, chase music from Scooby-Doo sometimes. I love that.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. If there was like an album of that stuff, you have no idea, or like a compilation, you have no idea (laughs) I would snatch that up. Like, ain't nobody's business. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. Cool. I'm sorry, go
2: ahead. Uh, I was just going uh, to say, to close the MGMT discussion, I, I really like MGMT. Um, I, I enjoyed both of their albums, and uh, I, I think they did a pretty cool thing going from oracular spectacular to congratulations, you know, and and, and not making congr- congratulations into kind of the, uh, what would have been a very easy... Second album full of the same kind of stuff that would have, you know, appealed to, as as Austin said, the uh, unibrowed, uh, fratted masses. And it said they went into a uh, much, you know, not, not did a 180, but went into a different direction. Uh, that was, uh, that was really cool, I thought.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Mm,
1: yeah. And any band that has a song called Brian Eno is good in my book.
3: I'm down with that. Yeah yep
2: yeah <laughs>
1: yeah anyway
2: and uh let's see what else was i what was i listening to um i'm kind of looking into uh a bunch of uh japanese bands i haven't uh given much uh ear time to in a while mostly worlds and girlfriend related artists 'Cause uh cause, D- cause Danny asked me for some uh, recommendations and I gave him some and then I realized I hadn't listened to these albums in a in like uh <laughs> a couple a couple years for some of them. Uh so, so I'm revisiting them and they're actually uh actually better than I remember. Um just That's um, always a good just, feeling. Just, I love yeah, just that one group. <laughs> one group I'll highlight uh is uh
0: Mut Yumu
2: I, I guess. M U T Y U M U.
0: I don't know why you're asking us if anybody would know how to pronounce it. It's you. <laughs> yeah. So how do you spell so it with M U T Y U M U? Whoops! I forgot. Alexander is Japanese. That's on me. <laughs> yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I can't that's, keep your people's races straight.
2: <laughs> I can just be white. It's
1: just, it's just <laughs> white. <laughs> me and it's somebody,
2: so yeah, I I think that's right, Majumu. Uh. But anyway, uh as to what they sound like, uh, kind of, can you guys still hear me?
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. I, sorry. I thought I lost you. Um, anyway, they're like, like most bands related to worlds and girlfriend, they're kind of difficult to describe. Uh, but they, they've got kind of the same modern classical type elements that, uh, Katsuhiko Ma- Maeda has. Um, but what they do have, what worlds and girlfriend doesn't is, uh, Sort of the weird avant-garde metal type stuff, and and even some of the some of the scrams in, in a couple of their songs, and i have got this really great uh, uh, female vocalist on top of things who was a uh, very very kind of operatic in, in, in her delivery. So uh, yeah, I, I can't really come up with a good uh, kind of analogous reference band uh, to compare them to.
0: uh neither can i, so there's that yeah so 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 you should just you know listen to him, like
2: i i guess if you
0: can you say that name one more time i'd like to write it down
2: uh mutiumu. it's spelled uh and it's a romanized form uh m u t y u m u so like moot moo huh like a like a cow. What? I don't want to
1: go into a tangent, but like there's no T by itself in Romanji is it's been a while, but right? Steve? Oh yeah. I,
2: I I guess I haven't seen uh like Hiragana or Katakana.
1: Yeah. So so it's probably just an original name then.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, I can literally say nothing about this. <laughs>
2: I can say even Chinese. less. The Chinese, the way the name's written. I don't know. Right. I, I mean, yeah, you guys might, know, might not know anything, but I know
0: very, very, very little. Nice. Hey, Steve, what World's End Girlfriend album should I start with? Because I listened to that Hurt Break Wonderland, and I dug it. Should I listen yep. to Seven Idiots? Is that the general consensus?
2: Uh, don't listen to that one next. Uh, after Hurt Break Wonderland, I would listen to... The Lyle Land, the one before that, um like uh, both both of those are uh well excellent, but um I think I think they are uh kind of like brother sister albums or just brother albums, sister albums, whatever you want to call it, uh kind of two sides of the same coin, uh whereas uh Heartbreak Wonderland is kind of uh brighter uh Lyle Land is a uh, kind of a much darker listen. And they they, they complement each other well is is what I'm trying to say in uh in too many words um so i'd listen to the last one next uh after lap probably dreams end come true or uh, farewell kingdom which are all, also two previous albums um, and then I might <laughs> have
0: I listened to seven idiots cool uh isn't what i, I maybe I just read it in the wrong but it's seven idiots Usually, like considered his masterpiece, or am I wrong in thinking that? Uh, actually, Seven Idiots was really
2: divisive when it came out. You know, in the in the big worlds and girlfriend community of, of which I am a part.
0: I know um, you are.
2: I know you yes. are. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, uh, like if you look on its its rate, your music rating is uh, significantly lower than uh, WEG's other albums. Uh, because it's, uh, like, you might have thought "Heartbreak Wonderland was kind of weird with the things it does, but uh, Seven Idiots is really out there with the places it goes. I mean, I, I could talk a whole podcast about what that album
0: does, because <laughs> cause it's dense. Um, That's what I've heard. I've said dense and impenetrable are the two adjectives that come up the most. Yeah, definitely that. Um like, in brief,
2: what it does is it's is it supposed to kind of mirror descent into hell. So it starts out in uh, heaven. Like, the first track is called The Divine Comedy Reverse. So, you know, it kind of brings to mind Dante's Divine Comedy, which... And the way he wrote it went Inferno, Purgatorio, uh, Paradise, Erdicio. Uh Whereas this album goes the opposite way. You start out in heaven and then you end up uh in hell. Okay, and so the way he translates translates this in in music form is uh it starts out with these you know still weird but uh really interestingly uh accessible and and uh, bright pop songs um like the the first single release uh, Les Enfants du Paradis it's you know uh, French for the children of paradise i don't know how to pronounce it um but it's this uh it's it's a really good like pop rock song uh with you know the world's end girlfriend touches of strings and glitch and what have you um and then that pattern kind of continues for a couple tracks uh the tracks kind of start start sounding a little you know darker you get more minor key tonality and weird things happening and then you get to the middle of the album which is uh which is one piece called a uh, Bohemian Purgatory and that's like, split into three movements um, and this is kind of more of the kind of worlds and girlfriend we saw in uh, Heartbreak Wonderland and Delilah lamb These kind of a uh, it's kind of sprawling post rockish piece um but then the last movement of it uh, begins with like thirty seconds of a cacophony of noise just like. A, a bunch of instruments and other sounds clashing against each other. And then the tracks after that are all really abstract and really kind of a uh, music concrete type shit uh where it's more of a sound collage than a than a song. Um and then the last track is kind of his typical kind of ends with a you know kind of sweet little uh extended more classically influenced piece. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's just a really, uh, the album's all over the place stylistically and intentionally. So, and in a, you know, deliberately constructed way. Uh, but it makes for a really difficult listen. And like it's, it's been out for almost two years and I still haven't, uh, I still don't completely understand it. Uh, but I do
0: like it. Mm. Nice. Um, d- I think we all listened to "Hurt, Break, Wonderland," did we not? Maybe not Alex, since he wasn't here. That was one of the inaugural um, needle drop album of the weeks.
2: Right. That was that was
0: one of the first. Uh huh. Mm. Yeah. Did Did you listen to it, Nick? Yes, sir. Yeah. It, I mean, it was a long time ago. I don't entirely remember the whole ordeal, but uh, do, did you remember enjoying it?
3: Um. Did I remember enjoying it? Um. I didn't remember not enjoying it. I mean I remember not enjoying it but um a it was very interesting to say the least it, it it definitely left an impression on me and I still return to it um every now and again but um it's it's still one of those it's almost kind of like a album where I just kind of it's almost like ooh look at it it's so strange and different and weird that I can't really love it I guess I don't know
2: that makes sense. Maybe. No, uh, yeah, I feel yeah. I mean, it's it's really uh, complicated, so it can be kind of impenetrable, um, yeah. and, and it can, you know, that 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 can definitely be a point against it in terms of establishing a connection with a piece of music.
3: Especially since the whole thing is only like it's only ten tracks, but it's almost an hour and 20 minutes of music.
2: It's right, very, yeah, it takes, it, it takes up the full CD. Yeah. It's very...
0: Oh, man. Yeah, you know, know. World's Zone Girlfriend is exactly what I've been looking for lately because I, I I, don't know, I've been listening to a lot of just like, you know, sort of just random punk and hip-hop and just whatever I can do. I don't nothing real deep. But I'm looking for someone really complex and sort of in-depth to get into. And I think World's Zone Girlfriend is just the person to get into. <laughs> because their yeah, music that'll... is like it's it's complex is it not like it's very detail oriented
2: oh yeah uh, it, especially the later albums uh his earlier stuff was a little was not you know what i call simple but it was simpler um it it, it was a lot more kind of abstract or more more the typical kind of uh, idm ish post rockish type stuff uh that a lot of uh well, not a lot of bands, but uh, there, there are a couple of similar Japanese bands who, co- who kind of do the same thing and, and continue to do it. But he's definitely moved in a uh, weirder direction since then. Nice.
1: What have you been listening to, Austin? Um,
0: uh, A little post-Christian shit and just a little bit post-chicken-and-the-egg addiction shit. <laughs> but um, yeah. uh, I don't know. Like, like I said, I've been listening to just random, just... Just pop music because I don't know I've been focusing on other things uh I saw girls on Conan, so I went and just listened to the girls' albums because those were great that it's very weird like uh we we were talking about philip k dick uh uh the other day, and how like it's amazing that someone that like totally just bonkers insane could be you know so coherent and you know make such interesting stuff, and I think that's kind of how Christopher Owens functions. Because, like, he grew up in a cult. And, uh, he escaped the cult, which was in Slovenia. And then he did heroin for a long time, and I think still does. And he still makes these, like, awesomely, like, stupidly catchy pop songs. And it's just weird that he can actually just still function on that level. Um, yeah. Uh, Also, it was weird that Girls was on Conan, because... Like I don't I don't think they've released anything in a while, like their their album came out last year I think, and yep. uh, yeah yeah I was but it was still it was cool that they were on because uh, Conan is good at uh, you know giving some of the weirder bands a spot like like they had Deer Hunter on one of their first shows, and uh, they had Das Racist on. Uh, and they, 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 oh. they did you see that? Did you see that, Nick? They brought <laughs> yeah, I've seen it. I, they brought a like a full on just white ass Michael Jackson impersonator. Yeah, it was strange. <laughs> yeah, and it, it, it was weird. They switched instruments. Like they had a live drummer, and you know Heems did his verse, and then he went to get on a sampler, and then Victor, uh, who was playing keyboards in disguise, pulled off his wig, and did his verse, and then he went back and started playing the drums, and the drummer went and started playing keyboards. It was amazing. But I don't think Conan knew what was happening It's like, he he shook the wrong people's hands. Like he didn't shake the hands of the people who were in Death Racist. Uh, but yeah, it was it was very weird. And um, oh god, what else have I been listening to lately? Oh hey, who's ready for a a, a kick ass segue? Ready for it? Uh huh. Cleaners from Venus. Martin Newell. Gabe Newell. Half Life Two. I've been listening to the Half Life Two soundtrack because I was playing it for the first time today. And it's awesome, and the soundtrack is awesome because, like, you run it through these like you know decrepit cities and everything, and then just this really awesome like drum and bass track comes on. It's the best thing ever. That soundtrack is really awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's, that's
2: actually true. Valve,
0: or yeah, at least the Half Life soundtracks are uh, surprisingly good. The, like the 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 first like the Half Life One soundtrack was just like like machine noises with the occasional just bit of music. But it was like, it was almost like documentary style in the way that it was made. But Half-Life 2 is way, like, super cinematic. And, uh, like, they have a really awesome, uh, like, uh, electronic soundtrack to go with it. Which uh, I, was, I was very excited to, to listen to. I mean, just uh, to uh, bring it up, you know. And uh, download it earlier today. Uh, Lordy, what else have I been listening to? Oh, uh, the current Needle Drop album of the week. Mark McGuire's, um, was it Living Within Yourself, I believe it was called? Uh, Mark McGuire, fellow from Emeralds, uh, who I've actually never listened to, Uh, but this is—I think it was like his fifth album from 2010 or something—and the the man releases an insane amount of music. But it was like it's like ambient music except made with like rock band instruments. It's like like super uh, 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 delayed and reverbed out guitars. They do these, like, super orchestral, long-winding, melodic, uh, ambient-type pieces. And uh, with it, uh, interspersed within those is, um uh, like, clips from home movies from when he was a kid, like him with his family. It just has a super, like, Boards of Canada-esque nostalgic feel to it, which I dug. And then the best track I've listened to in at least a month, I'm saying, is the last track, which is called Brothers... Which starts out as like this sort of ambient soundscape thing with um, uh, audio from him and his brother Matt on their birthday, I think, and they're just talking, and then like it's this like this huge just hit, uh, like it's like it's like a ten minute long ambient dinosaur Junior sound uh, song. It's like insane. It's just a super hard hitting uh, melodic sort of post punk type thing. It's it's awesome. I loved it that album uh, it, it'll it'll get a strong 8 from me and i've only listened mm. to it like twice it's fantastic very cool mhm yeah anyway Did anybody um, else, has anybody else listened to the the Mark Maguire album not yet <laughs> yeah i listened to it once um that's,
2: i i liked it uh i don't know it's a, it, something about it kind of uh, helped me back i i think Part of it is, uh, which you indicated as a positive, and I can see that, but the instrumentation in it, uh, I, I just wasn't huge on the, the sound of it. I mean, it's just not a that, that sort of rock, traditional rock setup uh, is not really my thing. And while I can appreciate that he's doing some uh, admirably interesting things uh, with that setup, I... Uh, that, that that same kind of stuff for our whole album uh, kind of warned me a bit. Uh, although I will concede, brothers is a is a really awesome track. I I, I really did like that one. Uh, it definitely ends on on its highest note.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, like you say, it does tend to drag on a little bit, and it's sort of similar sounding. But I I just, I just threw it on while I was eating breakfast, which I think is probably the best way to listen to it, like as background music. Like like chamber music, you know. I don't know. That's uh that's the the mindset I was listening to it in. But uh, maybe under closer scrutiny, I don't know, it wouldn't do as well. But seriously, like you're just listening to this track, and then you know you're hearing these two little kids talking, and then boom, just the best thing ever. Wonderful. Uh, that was I think that was Owen who chose that one. We we got to get him on here someday. I don't think he'd do yep. it though. Nope. <laughs> uh, he probably wouldn't. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's better than that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh what else have I been listening to? I don't think anything because I beat Half Life last night and I'm playing Half-Life 2 now. I've been I've just been playing uh uh I've just been playing video games for, for too long and for too much. Speaking I don't I've been doing much of anything else. <gasps> that's
2: that's the way to be. And yeah, I believe Alex I
0: believe Alex has a game for us. I do oh, to, that segue so that rivals my Martin Newell Gabe Newell segue. That's a fantastic one.
1: All right, so the game we're going to be playing today is called the Same Name Game, which is very dimy.
0: <sighs> wow, that that's and, excellent name. Yes, so to speak.
1: And when you go to rate your music, oftentimes uh, when you click on an artist page, it'll have a also known as a little feature. And oftentimes, mm-hmm. these pseudonyms, you have no idea like what they're in reference to. <laughs> for example, who, um, on a Friday, that's what Radiohead started out as, but nobody refers right. to them as that anymore. So the object well, of this speak, game... Speak for yourself. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to read to you one of these uh, also known as names, and I'm going to give you three bands, and you have to match which one goes with the other, uh, also name.
0: Oh, this is going to be cool. Oh, so, horrible. for example,
1: um, if I were to say Final Fantasy, you guys would say Owen Pallet.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> but they're going to be much harder than that.
0: Okay, good. Ooh, okay.
1: Okay, here's the first one. Sweet Children. That's the also known as. Does, uh, is that the name of Beat Happening, the Twee Pop Trio? Green Day. The obnoxious punk band that you can only enjoy if you're a child. Or the Jackson. <laughs> or the Jackson
0: 5. Oh. Sweet children. Um, I think it's but, too creepy for the Jackson 5. That would be the creepiest thing to name a, a group of children. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. Go ahead. I
2: don't know, know if the sentence too creepy for Jackson 5 makes sense. Um, Good point, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, I have no, I have no clue. Uh, I'm just gonna say Green Day, because last year. Yeah. Be was Green
0: Day. yeah. yeah. Mm, uh, what was the first one?
2: Beat
1: Happening, the twee pop band.
0: Uh, well, yeah, I'm gonna say Beat Happening probably.
1: Sorry, Austin, but Nick and Steve have a point. Green Day is also Brr. known as Sweet Children.
0: I read a book about oh. those jerks. Why didn't I get that? Come on now.
1: <laughs> All right. That's Next round. Yeah. Soccer. Johnny, <laughs> yeah, Johnny and the Moondogs.
0: Oh, this one sounds familiar.
1: Okay. Um, Is it the Beatles with John Lennon, the Smiths with Johnny Marr, or the Sex Pistols with Johnny Linden, also known as Johnny Rotten?
0: Because we all know that Johnny Marr was the complete just figurehead and mascot of the Smiths, like I don't oh, yeah, to, who else in the band, yeah, who yeah. else in the band is gonna is gonna lead the hey,
1: he was very instrumental in them being good
0: no i mean, I think I think he was very yeah, I agree, I'm just making a goof that uh old people only know mercy anyway, uh uh-huh. hmm. It seems like a too stupid, like too stupid a name for the Smiths or uh, the Sex Pistols to name themselves. But I'm gonna go with the Sex Pistols.
2: Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, if Austin's guessing the Sex Pistols, uh, I'm gonna go with the Beatles because I know I have heard that name before, and the Beatles are the only band I, I like have read and watched things about their history. So I'm gonna go
0: with that.
1: What is your answer, Nick?
0: Um, the Smiths. Oh, wow. All All right. Right. It's going with a different one. All right. All right. Steve is taking an early lead. It was the oh.
1: Beatles.
0: Ooh. Wow. A second choice. All right. Next. I also read a book about the Beatles. What's going on with this?
1: You mean Johnny and the Moondogs?
0: Uh, no, I mean, uh, oh, God. What was it? The Quarrymen. The, 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 the Quarrymen.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were... They had a bunch of different.
0: Mm -hmm. Also known as the Silver Beetles, but spelled normal.
2: Yeah. Oh, that that was a bit too fancy.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Too fancy.
2: Anyway. Next round. Next.
1: Venison. Okay. Is it Deer Hunter? Captain Beefheart, or the Strokes, who fronted by Julian Casablancas, who is a noted foodie.
0: Uh... I don't know if eating a bunch of venison makes you a foodie, but, uh... I don't even know what the fuck a foodie is, but, uh... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we discussed it, well, on the forums we discussed this, that, uh, Steve has never heard the term foodie. No, really? I've heard
2: it. No, I've heard it. I, I, I know it's, I know what it's supposed to mean, but it's like... It's okay. He
0: is a food enthusiast. It's a, it's a food hipster. Who doesn't like food?
2: <laughs> he likes it more than you do.
0: No, that's a good point. Like people, people. That's like I'm an
2: airy because I like breathing. (laughs) That's good. My cells divide.
0: Airy. Yeah, he's. I'm a mitosis. E. All
1: right, answers. Do you remember Captain Beefheart or The Strokes?
0: I'm gonna go with The Strokes.
1: Yeah, that sounds like a good one.
0: Because I know a lot about Captain Beefheart, and I have, in fact. Read a book about the guy, but uh, and I I think the deer hunter to venison is just too stupid for it to actually exist. <laughs> That's why I'm going with uh, the drugs. No, I was I was going to ask
2: uh, what were the choices again because I cause I forgot. Damn it! Uh, deer
1: hunter,
2: <sighs> Captain
0: Beefheart. Oh my god! Nice, <laughs> Nick. I'm, I'm going to go with
2: Captain.
0: <laughs> okay, okay
2: I'm going to go with uh, Captain Beefheart. <laughs> Okay. Because I feel like
0: it Steve's out, It was, <laughs> was the Nothing happened. Nothing happened. <laughs> Continue.
1: Stop laughing. Okay. So with the with the answer of the strokes, Austin is on the board with one point and uh Nick and Steve are tied at two.
0: Yeah. 'Cause I was I was too huge a Captain Beefheart fan not to know that. Like I worship the man for some reason. And uh yeah. That's 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 my excuse for knowing that.
1: all right next one inner space is it can spiritualized or galaxy 500
0: Hmm. i I think it would be once again too stupid for it to be spiritualized but um uh I i don't know they are pretty cheesy yeah hmm inner space I, know, I could see Can. Why, wow, these are hard choices. Well, Very well made quizzes, Alexander. Thank um, you. Hmm. I'm going to go with Can, I think.
3: Since I don't know anything about them, I'm going to go with Galaxy
2: 500. And, yeah. uh. I think I'm going to go with Can, too, actually.
1: Alright, it was Can.
0: All right, so, girl.
1: Austin and Nick are now tied with at two, and Steve leads with three.
0: Girl. Hey, That's what I like to hear.
1: And, <laughs> and there's uh, there are two more rounds, and there's a tiebreaker. All right. So here, Circus. Is it Blur, the 90s rip-hop band? Neutral Milk Hotel, or of Montreal?
0: Oof. Hmm. can totally see it being Neutral Milk Hotel, but... um. Hey, guess what? I've read a book about them. This is so weird how it keeps happening. But um, I-, I don't think it's nature my hotel. Uh, I'm going to go with... Uh, I feel like
2: I I should know if it was of, of Montreal. I'm, I'm going to it... Yeah, I was going to go with Fleur, too. Uh, I'm going to go with I, of Montreal. de-fleur, de-fleur, de-fleur. De-fleur, de-fleur.
1: Final answer, Steve. Uh, blur. All right, so it's now Steve with four, Nick with three, and Austin with two. It was blur. Damn. Girl. Okay, so last round, Austin, I'm sorry, but you've, you've been mathematically eliminated.
0: This is the first time this happened. Is this what it feels like to lose at something? I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
1: Steve won last time, too, so he's defending champ.
0: Uh, finally. I'm going to take you right. down, Jones. <laughs> You're in my crosshair. Okay. (laughs) Whatever.
1: Shindig (laughs) is the also known as, is it Animal Collective, The Ramones, or Radiohead?
0: Say it one more time. Uh, The first one? Yeah, no, the name of the
1: band. Oh. Uh, Shindig is the band, or the also known as, is it Animal Collective, The Ramones, or Radiohead?
0: Read a book about The Ramones. <laughs> I've, I've read so many more books than yeah. I thought I've read. This is and you, so you're still losing by and, the way. And, and yeah. and they're help- it's helping me zero. It's help. It's helped me zero percent. Oh uh, god, this is what you uh, get, people. I'm gonna go with uh,
2: I'm gonna go with Animal Collective.
0: Yeah, I'll go with Animal Collective too. I'm gonna go with Radiohead for some reason. I don't know. They is- were they were on a Friday though.
2: Well, they could have been Shindig before.
1: I, yeah, like. they, they, they could have been too before. They were also Shindig. Mm. So now, Dave, Steve, you are tied for the lead at four.
2: Oh, and I was hoping tie-breaker. this would happen. Nine.
1: I'm using the same tiebreaker from last time.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, you guys have to tell me the highest-rated Beatles album in Mongolia.
0: Oh. <laughs> um. has, has it changed, maybe? Uh, oh, yeah. Hmm. Let's see the white album. Except actually there it's listed as Johnny and the Moondogs. Uh <laughs> the oh. highest rated Johnny and the Moondogs album. <laughs> the purple album. Let's see.
2: Well if if I were from Mongolia and I had to listen to the Beatles, uh, I think my favorite would be um, I think my favorite would be the wide album. Or is that is that what you said, Nick? That is what I said. Yeah. Okay. You choose something different. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh. Then uh, if not that, then uh. Help. Good choice. <laughs> I'm not in this. I'm not in this. I'm going for Rubber Just, just calling it.
1: It was Sgt. Pepper. So.
0: Oh. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Wow. See, that's what I guess last time for the one in like, uh, like, like Kazakhstan or something, and because that's what I assume everybody thinks the best Beatles album is. <laughs> yeah.
2: Round two. Actually, of- well, actually it wasn't
0: Genghis Khan on the cover of well, that? That 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 could be yeah, why. that's true. He was. Yeah. I, I should have called <laughs> Maybe maybe the Mongolians feel about Genghis Khan like the Germans do about Hitler. I can't really like, <laughs> judge their cultural relations <laughs> to Genghis Khan. Okay. <laughs> we need to get a Mongolian on this podcast. Provide us like a good cross section.
1: <laughs> so you can. <laughs> All right.
0: Yeah, Round so we can make fun of him.
1: Yeah. Um, I'll just just to speed things up, um, you guys have to decide. Who is higher ranked, Sonic Youth or Velvet Underground in Indonesia?
0: First of all, can we uh, agree that they're pretty much the same band, but just 40 years apart? Like, if Sonic <laughs> Youth existed in 1965, they would be called the Velvet Underground. Yeah. Probably.
2: Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Velvet Underground. Sonic Youth.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and with that not even in it. I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this.
1: And with that, Nick wins. Oh,
3: oh
0: man. Sonic yeah. Youth.
2: That's,
1: yeah. Well played.
0: I'm dancing in my chair, bros. <laughs> oh, if only we had video for this. <laughs> <laughs> no.
3: No. <laughs> no, that's not something you want to see. <laughs> Uh, There's a reason I've got my blinds closed.
2: Well, that's good. On that note, good game, gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, (laughs) Oops.
1: This might be a good point to wrap it up, seeing as how all the technical problems we've encountered.
0: It's probably best to just cut our losses and drop out early. Yeah, uh, or else we might, like, accidentally launch a missile or something. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh well of course we haven't had any technical problems, listeners. It's been smooth sailing since episode one. You better <laughs> believe it. Technical problems? Nada. Nope, not
2: nada. a single. We are what on technical top. Problems? We are on top know, of maybe. this podcasting shit. Like, like 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 real talk guys. We're so real good. T-
0: like real talk YOLO? I mean seriously, on this podcast. Yo. Oh my god, We're so good. Yo. Hashtag hashtag on top of it. Oh, dear. Guys, um, yeah. the internet <laughs> is stupid. We can't no, wait, wait, We can't start talking about the internet again. That's what destroyed last episode.
3: This is last episode even usable?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it's not up yet because it was two and a half hours long and I had to just hack away massive chunks. But I don't even know what we're talking about at the end of this episode. So, listeners... S- We're making this one short tonight. Everybody, um, from all us here, your podcast opinion is wrong. Um, We wish you best of luck in your future endeavors and uh, have a safe and productive week. Thank you from all of us. Goodbye. Bye. Enjoy the stereo love that you're listening to, right? Yeah, it's a great track. Great stereo love track. Which I'm, I'm ruining with my talking over right now. You can't hear stereo lap because of me. Ah, uh. <laughs>